Hello and welcome back to West Bank Bible Church Podcast. Today we'll be studying Daniel lesson number 21 in the outline. And we will begin near the bottom of page 1 on point 4. But before we begin, as is our custom, let's remember 1 John 1.9 as may or may not be necessary. Father, we're grateful for the privilege of being able to study the Word. We're grateful for 1 John 1, 9 and how we can name, cite uh, our sins and be forgiven not just for that sin, but for every sin. So I guess we've been graced out, as you might say, and uh, indubitably so. So, uh, guide us now and direct us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, now for point four uh, in our lesson plan before we study Daniel 9, excuse me, Daniel 2.32, I'm going to give you some some summary points. Points of introduction, one might say. All right, point one. The demise of Belshazzar, Nebuchadnezzar's descendant, came in approximately B.C. 539 at the hands of an alliance of Medo-Persian military forces. In other words, he... uh, came into a military alliance. Now let's take some details on that alliance and that situation. 1.1 By B.C. 536, the kingdom known as the Medo-Persian kingdom had become a Persian kingdom. The Persian Bear had eaten its median ally. And we provided a, a nice little map for you. It shows the Persian Empire and how it had expanded into a very significant uh, national entity. All right, a point or two about the kings of Babylon and Persia might have proven helpful. Nebuchadnezzar was the son of Nebuchadnezzar, an Assyrian nobleman. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar died and rulership fell to Abel or evil Murdoch often written Murdoch, who ruled for two years. But Murdoch was assassinated by his brother, Neregleser, who exiled all the magicians, probably to include Daniel, from the kingdom. At the death of Neregleser, 
Larry Gleaser, a commoner soldier, uh, excuse me, a commoner soldier by the name of Labashi murder, took the throne. The demise of Labashi, a co-regency consisted of Nebuchadnezzar's son-in-law, Nabonidus, and Nabonidus' son, Belshazzar, were in place in what might have been called a co-regency. Nabonidus was an adventurer who loved to lead his military in the field, thus he was often away from the capital. He spent most of his time leading the army against the Medes and the Persians. While Nabonidus was away, Belshazzar ruled the kingdom. Belshazzar was the resident ruler of Babylon when Darius the Mede, who led the siege, conquered the city. His victory was the immediate fulfillment of the prophecy found written on the wall and described in Daniel chapter 5. The Medes, who ruled for a short time, will give way to the Persian King Cyrus, commonly referred to as Cyrus the Great. Now then, David, back to our verse. The two arms represented the Medes and Persians, respectively, and the chest represented the consolidation of the two into what was known as the Persian Empire. We can look to Daniel chapter 8, verses 18 through 20, where we learn of the Medes and Persians in yet another vision. I shall read Daniel 8, 18, 19, and 20. Now, as he was speaking with me, I was in a deep sleep on my face toward the ground, but he touched me and set me upright. And he said, Behold, I will make thee know what shall be in the last end of the indignation, for at the time appointed the end shall be. The ram which thou sawest, having two horns, are the kings of Media and Persia. So now we be really begin to learn about the meat mm -hmm. of, of the vision. Recall in this vision, the ram is attacked and defeated by strong, a strong goat who comes with great speed from the west. And we're going to find out who that is. Gabriel tells Daniel the goat will be a Grecian force. Some 300 years later, 
this prophecy comes to pass. Let's see what the Brolier Encyclopedia has to say of ancient Persia. The name Persia is derived from the ancient province of Persis, which is modern Iran. It was later a name applied, uh, given by the Greeks to the entire land occupied by various Iranian tribes from which the Persian dynasty arose. It is the land of present-day Iran and Afghanistan, geographically the Iranian plateau. And if you want to see a map of that, you can go to westbankbiblechurch.com. In the south, uh, well, let's, let me give you one other statement about that area. In the land of present-day Iran and Afghanistan, geographically, it's called today the Iranian Plateau. In the south were the Elamites, whose principal city was Susa, was on the plain of Mesopotamia. Mesopotamia is generally called the area in between the Tigris and Euphrates River. And I suppose it's the reference here. Later in the second millennium B.C., the Elamites were found throughout southern Iran. In the north, in the mountains, lived the Kassites, who also descended from the plains of Mesopotamia. In the present-day Afghanistan lived people called the Manaeans. South of the sea that bears the name lived the Caspians. Thus the western part of the Iran or Iranian, better said, plateau was inhabited by various peoples whose relationship to each other and whose languages are hardly known. The first kingdom, more like a federation of tribes, was created by the Iranians in about 700 B.C., in western Iran. They were known historically as the Medes. The rise of Media was hindered by invasions from north of the Caucasus Mountains, first by a Thracian people called Cimmerians, followed by Iranian nomads called Scythians. About 625 B.C., a new attempt was made by the Medes to form a united kingdom, and after defeating the Scythians, the Medes 
turned against Syria. An alliance was made between the Babylonians, Scythians, and the Medes. These unlikely allies stormed and destroyed the Assyrian capital of Nineveh in about 612 B.C. The B.C. 612 date is used today by the Kurds who claim descent from the Medes to begin their Kurdish Kurdish era of time reckoning. The Medians influence continued until the last Median king was defeated by Cyrus the Great who consolidated the kingdom of Media and Persia into the now famous Persian dynasty. Most agree the consolidation was made firm in B.C. 536. The last prince of Persia, Darius III, Condomalus, assumed the throne in 336. He was defeated twice by Alexander the Great in about 330 B.C. All right, now let's continue our study of the Third Empire mentioned in verse 32 as the belly and the thighs. Daniel 2.32 in the KJV recall is as follows. And I shall read. This image's head was of fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass. Before proceeding, let me give you an expanded translation of verse 32. Daniel chapter 2, verse 32 says, The golden head... Now we get into the meat of things, David. Yep. The golden head represented you, O king, as ruler of Chaldea. The breast and arms of silver represent the kingdom of the Medes and the Persians to follow, and the belly and thighs of bronze represent a Hellenistic empire whose kingdom will supplant the Medo-Persians. The term brass in the KJV can better perhaps be rendered as bronze. That we have a twofold power in verse 32 would seem clear. After all, we have a belly and two thighs. That the belly and thighs of bronze represent the Greeks is not arguable. There is question as to the specific symbolic 
or let's just say symbols. The example Colonel R.B. Theme would seem to argue for the belly representing Alexander the Great and the thighs representing all future Hellenistic powers like the Ptolemies, Seleucids, etc. There are those who contend the belly represents Greece and one thigh represents Philip of Macedonia, the father of Alexander, and the other thigh represents Alexander the Great himself. Whatever the specific representations, we can be certain the image anticipates a significant Hellenistic empire which reached its zenith under Alexander the Great. Again, in a separate vision recorded in Daniel, excuse me, Daniel chapter 8, we have a prophecy of Alexander defeating Medo-Persia in rapid fire order. Let me read you Daniel 8, 20 through 22. The ram which thou sawest having two horns are the kings of Media and Persia. And the rough goat is the king of Grecia. And the great horn that is between his eyes is the first excuse me <clears throat> first king now that being broken whereas four stood up for it four kingdoms shall stand up out of the nation but not in his power the four kingdoms as earlier studied refer to excuse me refer to the four successors of Alexander. The four recall were Cassander, Lysimachus, Ptolemy, and Seleucus. As we have earlier studied, the four generals who eventually ruled what is left of Alexander's empire are mentioned in Daniel 8, 22. Let me read you 8, 22. Now that being broken, whereas four stood up for it, four kingdoms shall stand up of the nation, but not in his power, as is prophesied, that the four will not be as powerful as Alexander, but none the less they collectively are going to rule the world. Daniel chapter 7 verse 6, the belly and thighs represent Greece. 
The belly and thighs are represented by a winged leopard. Let's look at the Grecian Empire just after Alexander's death. You'll find in your lesson plan a map of the Greek Empire which shows those kings just mentioned and where their territory uh, was located. That the four beasts, the lion, the bear, the leopard, and the terrible beast, unlike the rest, represent four kingdoms to come, is made clear in Daniel chapter 7, verses 15 through 17. I'm going to read Daniel 7, 6, then, uh, then verse 15, 16, and 17 to give a good indication of what we're going to see as we continue. After this, I beheld and lo, another like a leopard which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. The beast had also four heads, and dominion was given to it. Now we're going to drop down to verse 15. I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit, in the midst of my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. I came near under one of them that stood by and asked him the truth of all this. So he told me and made me know the interpretation of the things. These great beasts, which are four, are four kings which shall arise out of the earth. That concludes lesson number 21. And you probably noticed, first time in a long time, Pastor Merritt did the whole lesson. Good for him. We appreciate you being here. We look forward to having you here back with us next week. Pastor Merritt, could you close us with a prayer, please? Father, we are grateful for the fact that we are members of God's forever kingdom. A large number of folks, but one in number, and one in mission, and one in uh, authorization to get the word of God out. So such is verse 23, by way of, excuse me, lesson 22, by way of many and varied symbols, all designed to tell a story, the story of Daniel and how he uh, was used of the Lord to uh, reveal what is to come. And indeed, we have the privileges seeing these things historically provided for us. So, uh, David, tell us how to get saved. 
Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Nothing extra required. Until next time. So long.